I know you're celebrating the holiday. But, hey, I'm celebrating hey, lunch is what it is. Yeah. Hey, you know, several hundred years ago, the United States ratified the Wisconsin Territory. So that's what we're celebrating today on April 20th. Hell yeah. I'm so glad Wisconsin exists oh. because of uh, uh, reasons. And, yes. Uh, cheese, probably? I have no oh, idea. That's great. Anyway, we are back, everybody. This is another episode of Twitching Upstream, which is uh, a very weird show that Dylan and I have where <laughs> we just kind of yeah. go over our creative process. We have a lot of projects going on. If you don't know them, you can check out one of our websites, which is right down here, uh, somenobodies.com. You can see all of our logos right here, some of the projects that we work on. Uh, you can see us on Talking Upstream, which is our show on sa uh, Sundays, where we interview other creatives, other directors, other writers, and then we kind of uh, pitch them ideas and we go through their, their creative process while showing them our creative process. What we decided to do was to have an offshoot of that so that we can actually work on those projects and get some things done instead of just creating more and more stuff. So I'm Zach. And that's Dylan. Hi. Yes, I am. <laughs> How are you, Dylan? I'm doing all right. How are you, Zach? Uh, I'm doing very well. You are in a very good mood today. When you popped into the stream, you were very excited. Yes. Yeah. D uh, uh, do you want to talk about that at all or no? Are we getting political on the show? Hey, I think we can do whatever we want. This is our show. So it feels a little strange to bring up, but. Okay. If you, don't, if you don't want no, to, that's fine. No, I will reference it for historical, for uh, history's sake. Yeah. So um, we learned literally minutes before we went on stream, uh, on stream that Derek Chauvin, the cop who murdered George Floyd, was uh, found guilty on all three charges. So yeah. um, that's yeah. all I got. That's I yeah. mean, we are yeah. some nobodies is anti-racist. Mm -hmm. and just we're putting that out there right now, like mm -hmm. straight up. This is an important precedent to set. Um, Yeah, I don't, yeah that's I all I got. That's all I got. No, that's fine, and that, that, that's actually more than enough. Uh, we don't get political. We try not to bring real-world stuff into our creative process, but there are some things that are very, very important, and yes. uh, the, the murder of George Floyd is uh, very important. So I'm really glad that we got some some good news. Uh, not yes. as good as it could have been, uh, not as good as it always should be, but some good, start. which is great. Yeah, It's a precedent. Oh. On to more of the things that we yes. do, which is which is more nerd stuff. Uh, so in this show, what I do, uh, you are, okay, as a viewer, whether you're watching this on Twitch or YouTube or Facebook or wherever you're watching this, if, if you're watching this live, feel free to throw a comment down there. Let us know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, we might cool. As, yeah. You might as well put that up there because that is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, yep. He is a murderer. I agree. Officially in the eyes of the law. Yep. Um, but yeah, as far as uh, nerd news, while people are getting into the chat, while people are uh, you know uh, congregating to, to tell us how weird our ideas are, I do have a bunch of weird media news that I like yeah. to throw at Dylan and see what he thinks uh, because uh, whatever he doesn't really care, which I think is great. No, uh, I, I, I do. It's a barometer <laughs> for how society moves sometimes. Yeah, true. Uh, so in Marvel news, we were just talking about this right before we went live. Uh, the Shang-Chi trailer came out. I think it looks absolutely amazing. Uh, Dylan probably agrees. He, uh, who really knows? Either way. Uh, <laughs> I, guess I am inscrutable. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I I'm excited for this trailer. I think it's great. It's got a phenomenal cast. It looks beautiful. It's got a, uh, it was a good trailer. It looks fun. Uh, yeah. It looks like a Marvel movie. Yeah. I'm with with the ongoing with like the eternal stuff coming up and the cosmic stuff they're probably going to dig into it's interesting to go back to what seems to be a pretty straightforward kind of like street level superhero yeah. but of course shang chi has some like really long far back history stuff they can really kind of get into in the movie 
Yeah, I agree. And and I really hope that this movie has the feel that Black Panther did when it came out, where like it, it's actually like, you know, a, a kind of embracing a culture, trying to understand and not just force their view of a culture down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. This movie should take span uh, time-wise of thousands of thousands of years. So uh, this should be a very cool thing. Yeah. And I'm uh, very, very excited. So I hope we get a couple more commercials soon. Um, stick with Marvel, though. Falcon Winter Soldier, are you caught up? I am. You, um, you, yeah, episode five of six. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad that Marvel seems to be willing to confront some of the, a, some of the writing issues they've had. I've seen a few think pieces on like the prevalence of like people of color being sidekicks to white heroes and often being disposed of in a, in a way, which not really spoilers because everybody saw it happen, but kind of happened to the antagonist team in the show. Which is almost fitting in that they are the antagonists, so it kind of fits that they do that kind of conventional stuff. But there are also very small portrayals of just everyday kind of like race relations in it. Um, but and I, I'm a big fan of them bringing in the history of the uh, Tuskegee experiments in relation to this, and it feels like it feels almost like it's a little strange to bring in such a historical low point in your superhero action TV show, but it's an important thing to make reference to. And it exposes an entirely new audience to what's a really dark spot on American history. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and even to touch on what you said earlier, the writing of the show, I think is the biggest improvement of a lot of the recent Marvel things. It doesn't feel, and granted it is based on a, on a comic book and it is, you know, a cartoon in essence. But I think when you have this many viewers, you have a responsibility to be slightly more than just a goofy thing. There are billions of people that are watching <laughs> this thing. So, uh, and if you're going to tell a story, tell a better story. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one thing that we pride ourselves on is trying to tell a better story. And I, think that this show does a great job of telling a very very good story how they wrap this whole thing up in one episode i have no idea you know they're, they just they're not they gonna just, wrap it up i don't in, in a in a bow i don't think so i think they're gonna do similar to wandavision where it's like the immediate concerns of the series are taken care of but there are going to be plenty of long-term implications for the marvel franchise now also there there was the you know uh, uh spoilers if you haven't seen Falcon and Winter Soldier I'm just going to drop a name you probably seen in the news uh Julia Louise Dreyfus was in this episode as Madame Hydra I think it's for, uh, if we expect heroes no. to fit accurately Oh yeah no 100% yeah, Absolutely American history is riddled with like ends justified the means thinking and if superheroes existed it would absolutely be more close to Watchmen than uh DC yeah, I completely agree. Um, but Julie Louise Dreyfus was uh, 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 shown as Madame Hydra in this. Now, the thing is that Black Widow movie got pushed back so far, but there is speculation that Julie Louise Dreyfus is in that movie, and this was supposed to be a wow kind of moment. Hmm. Uh, do you know anything about her character in the comics, Madame Hydra? Madame Hydra, you saying that is both the first time I've heard that name and the first time I've heard it associated with her character on the show. Oh, okay. uh, she showed up and I'm like, she's a bad guy because yeah. she's playing it very sinister and she's dressed in dark tones. Yeah. Um, and she is dealing with um, <laughs> John Walker mm -hmm. and she turns very briefly to Lomar's wife, gives her a card, turns back to the white guy. Like she, she does that. She does that thing. She does yeah. the thing where it's like, this is not a nice person. Yeah. Uh, so in the comics, Madame Hydra is um, uh, Nick Fury's, uh, lover for a little bit. She's the head of Shield. She actually turns bad for a little bit, becomes <laughs> Madame Hydra. Uh, but in in the comics, it turns out that it was like this thing to kind of infiltrate them. You know how they're always like infiltrating yeah. <laughs> each other and doing a thing. So it's always uh, a triple triple yeah. agent or something. I think because her name is Madame Hydra, they're going to yes. portray her as a bad person. So I'm excited about that. Um, Okay, so if you watch some of our other shows, uh, last week on The Real Boys, we reviewed Pitch Black, uh, the Vin Diesel uh, breakthrough phenomenon. <laughs> uh, recently, it just got announced that Vin Diesel will be heading up a new franchise by Mattel Company. Have you heard about this, Dylan? Is this not the, uh, the Bloodshot universe? Oh, no, sir. This is something different? Vin Diesel will star in Rock'em Sock'em Robots, 
I heard uh, that today and I didn't <laughs> yeah. make the connection. Yeah. Yeah. So Rock'em Sock'em Robots, which is one of, I think, 10 properties that Mattel Productions has dropped saying they're going to start filming to make big feature projects. Uh, I'm going to throw some at you. I need you to tell me what you think the plot line is. First Obviously, off, we got real steel. So we've already got Rock'em Sock'em Robots as a live action movie and it was not great. Right. So, yeah, obviously Rock'em Sock'em is going to be another real steal, which is fine. Uh, we also have American Girl. Now, do you know what that project is? <laughs> uh, eh, Vin Diesel's fine. He's fine. Uh, yes, Vin Diesel is fine. He's, he's fine. He's good in that. That's a fine movie. <laughs> I am surprised rewatching it recently that Pitch Black is the thing that catapulted him to stardom. That's a weird one. Um, yeah. You said American Girl? Yeah, American Girl, which is, if you don't know, it's the, the life-size yeah. uh, you know, kid dolls. Um, A family gets a dop- duplicate of their dead daughter, and it starts coming to life and commits murders around town. Ooh, I love it. And it slowly uh, starts to build its own doppelganger out of like bark and hair. And then those come alive. I love it. Okay. Uh, you Next have, up. <laughs> you have uh, uh, Barbie, which is, I think it stars um, Margot Robbie as Barbie. What is that project going to be? American Psycho, but with a female lead. So not American Psycho 2. Which exists no. with, a, with a female lead. No. Nope. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, okay, up next we have Magic 8-Ball. Uh, did you see that movie um, Wish Upon? Of course. It's going to be Wish Upon with a Magic 8-Ball. Oh. Instead of a, instead of an offensive Chinese music box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next. Uh, Viewmaster. That is in pre-production. Uh, th- those are the little like... Uh, some kid gets a Viewmaster and they start looking at it and it starts showing, I'm just doing horror for all of these. Why not? It starts yeah. showing the scenes of everybody he loves dying and he has to try and prevent them, but it doesn't work. So kind of like, um, I mean, name one, <laughs> name one, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, eight millimeter, I think is probably the big one. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, Harley Quinn, American Psychiatrist. Why not? Yeah, I'm into that. That's cool. Um, Okay, okay. Uh, Last one I want to talk about. Uh, Lil Yachty, the rapper. He just got signed. (laughs) I thought that was a Mattel property. No, no. Like what? It's like a a talking boat? No. Oh, God. (laughs) How old are you? Uh, Lil Lil Yachty, the rapper, got uh, signed for another Mattel project called the Uno movie. What do you think think Uno's about? Uh, now, I'll even give you a clue. Okay. It is labeled as a heist movie. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cas- casino heist. <laughs> and then it turned. <sighs> Who knows? Um. I, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Either man. way, I don't understand why these things exist. So there's going to there's gonna be that scene where it's like someone tries to plant a bug or like a tracker on Lil Yachty and Reverse. they're like, they're like tracking. Yes. You ruined it. And they're like tracking him through their little handheld tablet or something. And it's like, he's right on top of us. And then it's like the helicopter is tailing him. And then Lil Yachty's like, <laughs> they weren't ready for my reverse card <laughs> or something like that. Or it's like, draw. Oh. Like someone goes to shoot someone and it's like empty and Lil Yachty does the thing where he drop he like drops the bullets like Vin Diesel does. Not Vin Diesel, you got me thinking like um Vince Vaughn does in the Lost World Jurassic Park. Oh, where he's yeah. like, they're not gonna get very far without these. <laughs> Draw uh, four or something like I don't know. I it's- I it just it, it's so crazy that these projects can exist uh for a name only of a board game, which is ridiculous. Uh um, battleship. Yeah, true. Uh, recent news, uh, Amazon, just so you know, Amazon, uh, has a Lord of the Rings project. It is a series. Yep. Season one got a whopping $465 million budget. It's going to be a six series television show from what they've said. That is insane. Yeah. Uh, Um, now a lot of that is probably going to start up such as like building some props, getting some locations rented, uh, equipment and stuff like that. But sure. Half a billion dollars, when you consider marketing, 
this thing is going to cost them half a billion dollars to put the first season out. Now, keep in mind that Mandalorian season one costs one hundred million dollars, which is one fifth of this. What? What? Where is this money going? I I don't know. They're so. I've followed this project a little bit because I'm curious and it's going to be set during the second age, which is before anything we see in the movies, which culminates in the battle against Sauron at Mordor. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I know how this ends. It's a prequel series. The issue with prequels, the issue with prequels is that you are bound to Canon unless it is explicitly a prequel which is a story in a different continuity. This is not. This is supposed to be in Jackson's Middle Earth, as far as I'm yeah. aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I so much money. I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's going. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be fine. Amazon generally does okay work. I think they've done a very good job with the Expanse. They know how to handle a budget and big spectacle. Ooh, the Expanse! What a good show! What a well-written show! Yes. Yes, <laughs> Hallie, Hallie Lambert, give me a job. Um, yeah, for real. I'll move uh, to L.A. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a quick little plug. I'll move to L.A. if you give me a job on The Expanse. Anyway. Yeah, um, go with them. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, um, quick, quick little plug, though. If you do like The Expanse, yes. we did get a chance to interview Hallie Lambert, who was one of the, the head uh, room writers of The Expanse. That episode comes out this Sunday, so please check that out. It was a very good episode. It takes three episodes for the interview to get, uh, get good. <laughs> I'm stealing that joke from someone who's probably in the chat right now. Oh god, that's funny. Uh, I needed to uh, make it make it before he could. Uh okay, over to DC news though. Uh there is a big push be- I I'm assuming because the Snyder cut was uh very very successful, mostly because it is just a better version of a very very bad movie. But there has been a big push for the air cut of the Suicide Squad. Now, hey, do you have any interest in this whatsoever? I have a bizarre kind of sick fascination with suicide, with suicide squad. I saw it in theaters with a friend of mine and we roasted it mercilessly because it's very easy to, Mm -hmm. and I've watched it like two or three times since because it's this weird mix of like completely bizarre, almost alien language in, in as much as like how characters are introduced, and I'm thinking specifically of when Katana is mm-hmm. brought onto the helicopter, yeah. and without any context, he gives her as much he gives her sword more backstory than he does her. And weird but intriguing fantasy elements. I'm thinking of the enchantress doing her little like mm-hmm. magic Oof. dance. That's good. That was um good. and just sp- <laughs> It's so weird. It's so weird. It's such a bizarre movie. I yeah. don't believe there's a David Ayer cut out there. So from what I've heard and what I've read, uh, the original ending was supposed to be a dual fight. There was a Harley Quinn uh, versus Joker fight, as well as a Rick Flag versus uh, Enchantress fight. Yeah. And they did not want to go into that because, you know, when the helicopter crashes, apparently the Joker, uh, you know, he does not die there. He comes back with a burned face. Helicopter crashes don't do anything in that movie. No, dude, crash a helicopter. <laughs> it does not matter. Nothing happens. They're, they're easy, dude. They have, there's no they, such thing as fall damage in that movie. Well, airbags on helicopters are so prevalent now that there's just, there's nothing. It's just an inflatable helicopter. Yeah. Um, okay. So my question is with the air cut, do you think that this is uh, like fandom going crazy? Hello, oh, Mr. Taylor. Hello, Mr. Taylor. Uh, is this fandom going crazy or is this overreach of studios? I think this is fandom gone crazy. I don't, but I don't think. I feel like this one it might be a little more manufactured because I think people want they wanted Justice League to be good more than I think anybody wanted Suicide Squad to be good. I I don't hear many people clamoring for Suicide Squad. I heard a lot of people talking about how they wanted a good Justice League. People like those characters. Yeah. Suicide Squad is just dirty and kind of mean. And not in like a fun way. It's just kind of like, I'm thinking specifically of the introduction for Slipknot, where it's like, everybody gets a really stylized intro, and then they pull Slipknot out of a car, and they're like, this is Slipknot, he can climb anything. He says three lines of dialogue, and I might be generous there. Mm -hmm. And then his head explodes. That's it. That's the entirety of the character. And there was a big deal made about him being like the 
of like a first name, like a like a first per like First Nations actor or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and he's done very dirty in that movie. Um, well, the thing is, a Suicide Squad should have been that, but the entire time. Yes, uh, the whole point of Suicide Squad is that they are uh, lackluster people. Yeah, that kind of just die but, off. <laughs> but there's a there's a tone that you need to nail with that, and that movie does not have it. Yeah, and I I, I don't see anybody sincerely wishing, especially with um. James Gunn's The Suicide Squad coming out, I don't see anyone caring about a recut Suicide Squad release. Yeah. Yeah, and as Red says, we actually we, most of the drive behind that actual movie was Harley Quinn, and we got a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah. And it was pretty good. I like yeah. I liked that movie. It, I, I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't see any real interest in like an actual suicide squad recut especially not especially not enough interest that they would do like a 70 million dollar recut yeah, yeah and real. go back to studio and bring in weta animations <laughs> to do the digital effects like yeah justice league was a big deal and the fact that it got done is a big deal i don't see suicide squad getting that treatment because yeah, nobody real. cares about suicide squad as a property but I will watch it. I am a content sponge. If it so. comes out, I'll watch it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would, I would write. I wrote back on my personal blog. I wrote like an art, like a post about how Suicide Squad's a bad movie. And I'll, I would do a comparison thing. But it is a, it is man. a very, very bad movie. Ugh. God. <laughs> that I, I kind of like for some reason. Uh, I, okay. I, same here. Like I said, I have a sick fascination with that movie. Yeah. All right, let's get on to what we do in the show, which is uh, content creation. Now, how we restructured this show is that we were going to take one of the projects that we create on Talking Upstream and then break it down and to show uh, people and also get some inspiration on how to take a stupid idea, turn it into a story, <laughs> take that story and turn it into possibly a scripted idea. Um, DC's going to pay $75 million per movie. Yeah. Honestly, and, and I, I'm in. I'll get them. I'll take every single one. I'm such a sucker for all content. But I do think that... Such a fanboy. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> I am. Uh, but I think that if you are going to have a director like David Ayer, uh, and you're going to have him do a movie... Let him do the movie. Why have a direct? Like it's not the yeah. CW where you, like you get somebody like Kevin Smith who just kind of follows you know a good formula of what they ask him to do. But th this is a movie where you're giving an auteur the ability to make a film. Why? Why take away all the whatever? I, don't I mean, well, Disney's been doing that. They've been giving low, like little indie directors their big superhero movies and then firing them seventy five percent of the way through and bringing in Ron Howard or something like that. Ugh. I still like that movie too, uh, except mm -hmm. for three three very stupid scenes. Uh, but anyway, okay. So what we're working on currently is we are working on the project, which is Phantom Limb, um, and we are going down into more scene breakdowns, going into some character development, and even some actual dialogue. So Dylan, do you want to get everybody caught up with what this story is? Yeah. So uh, let me pop this additional screen in here. So this is my document. This is kind of what my development documents look like for our projects, um, especially for scripts. So generally what I do, because I am admittedly a novice screenwriter, uh, is that I follow the outline generated by a book that is generally pretty well regarded called Save the Cat. And what Save the Cat does is outline a specific process for developing screenplay. That starts with a story summary, which is right here. This is kind of what we spent our, I think it's episode one or two of Twitching Upstream, where we developed the idea of a doctor gets kidnapped by an by a gang of kind of like, I guess they're kind of like magic gangsters. They have some wizards and stuff like that, trying to muscle into the supernatural underworld. And they do that by bringing on a surgeon who is going to graft on and perform demonic surgeries on the enforcers. Cool. We had a pretty rough outline because that's what we do on our main show. I went in with what we had come up with on our show, went into a detailed summary. This is everything we had come up with expanded. It has a few more character beats. It has a little bit more development and it has some story scenes that we really wanted to see. We go through this. This is kind of what we did on that first follow-up episode. Then the beat sheet. Now, um, for those of you who don't know, beats are when a story has specific moments. A beat in the big one that I can think of right now is Infinity War, where a beat would be Thanos boards the uh, the 
um, Asgardian ship, beats Loki and Thor, takes the Infinity Stone. That's what a beat is. Or um, Black Maw arrives on Earth and confronts the Avengers. Those are beats. They are specific moments that you would kind of use in a one-line description of what happens on the sh- on the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Black Maw. Is that not his name? Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw. Whatever. Um, <laughs> and generally, save the cat tends to outline on your beat sheet rough page counts for when those beats occur. Obviously, just guidelines, but it's a good rubric to kind of make sure your pacing is on par for a 110-page script, which comes out to about a 90-minute, 100-minute feature. I took these beats over the past week. There are 15 beats listed, stuff like um, the midpoint where the character has to confront their challenges and make a decision to continue moving forward. Uh, All is lost, which would be in uh, Infinity War, if you're looking at it from Thanos' point of view, when Thanos fights everybody on Titan and it looks like he's going to get the gauntlet taken from him. That's what the all is lost scene is. I took those 15 beats and I did a scene breakdown. I went through all those beats. I kind of was like, if we're in a location, that's a scene. If we have a specific idea of a confrontation in mind, that's a scene. And it came out, those 15 beats, to about 22, 23 scenes. Obviously, this is a little, this is obviously just an outline. Oh, well, thank you, Jason. I'm I'm really, <laughs> oh, Hallmark Christmas movies? You can pound that out in like a, like a week. Hallmark oh, Christmas yeah. movies, yeah. And, yeah we can uh, knock those out. Yeah, and Red is correct. Usually the recommendation for a screenplay is one page to one minute of screen time, including stage directions, parentheticals, and stuff like that. Depending on your movie, depending on how much, like, depending on the director and how much they like to have their lingering shots or stuff like that, your time can get squished or condensed or expanded however you want. Generally, the goal for a novice or new screenwriter is to write a 90-minute feature just to get those beats and timing right down to the minute. So this is a 23 scene breakdown. Uh, we used the beats that we had established. There's a little bit more added in there. I kind of, I did a little bit more rearranging and um, uh, what I want to say, kind of like synchronicity between some of the character stuff. So what I thought we could do here on this episode is go through these scenes and just kind of expand a little bit. Uh, figure out if there's any specific lines of dialogue, any specific character moments, any like actions that we really want to include in a finished product. And then eventually I will, we'll, we'll get an actual screenplay written and you can listen to our table read potentially as a Patreon exclusive or something like that. Or we can do a special episode, but you know, work is work. Um, (laughs) Work is work. The Coen brothers could make one page into 10 minutes of ennui and contemplation. Um, I'm also thinking of like Kubrick had a lot of lingering shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Denis Villeneuve has a lot of lingering shots. Um, uh, Zack Snyder with some rain and aggressive slow motion. Zack Snyder does a lot of time manipulation with slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Snyder cut would probably, I mean, and I mean this sincerely, at least half an hour shorter if you played all the slow motion stuff in standard yeah. duration. There, there is 28 minutes of slow motion uh, time in there. But that is also, there actually? Yeah, 28, 28 oh, cool. minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so, all right. Good job. I watched, um, um, I did watch, there was a supercut of 300 where they sped up all of the slow mo into like normal speed. Movie doesn't really work. No. Doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny it's like a 70 minute weird fight yeah um okay so let's see let's start with the opening scene here um now in the opening scene we have open in a penthouse apartment over in cincinnati crime boss hidalgo and renee are discussing a curse on the crime boss hidalgo says his people might have found someone who can already do it because there's not enough time to train renee before the curse kills him okay yes. So what we're trying to uh, what we're trying to achieve in this scene is is what Dylan. So this is setting up the main conflict of the movie. This is the opening image. Um, we are trying to establish that this is about crime and a gang. They're powerful. He's cursed, so there is magic, and they have found someone who can take care of it. And we're being intentionally vague as to what that is yet. Cool. So that we know they're looking for someone or something. 
and we know that it is threatening the crime boss's life or soul or something like that. Okay. So we have to show um, what? We, we, we're in... Like a, like a lavishly appointed penthouse apartment. Yep. Uh, I'm seeing like rain on the windows. Um, this one doesn't have to be terribly done because this is a short scene and it's the first one in the movie. So, so this H one doesn't have to have anything super specific in it. Right. But Hidalgo says his people might have found someone who can already do it. Do we need to allude to what the it is? That was something that I specifically had left vague. Um, well, that's true. We should have a we should have some Cincinnati landmark of some sort. Uh, yeah. There's the river. There's that kind of like mushroom hotel they have. Everybody, if you've there's, driven through Cincinnati, you've seen that hotel. Yeah, uh, I guess we can have people outside with um, uh, Bengals starter jackets on, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a he's got a foam finger that just says I love I heart Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> got a tattoo on his cheek. Sin town. Uh, uh, well, okay, so we don't need to necessarily um, like tell them what Hidalgo is looking for, but I think that it would be smart to show uh, some kind of emergency of why they need it. Either somebody hurt or uh whatever you know what i mean like i i feel like you need to push the audience into seeing something to know there needs to be uh, a time thing i think we show that the crime boss Hidalgo himself is in bad physical shape okay maybe he's leaning on something um so hidalgo's in poor health like poor visible health um sunken eyes sallow skin that sort of thing now, does he have like uh, like a different color body part? Like, is because if he's going to get a limb, like he's going to have one taken off, right? Or does the does it something so, look odd or no? So, what I had for the curse is that someone is give like is turning his heart to wood or something. So, I was going oh, okay. for imagery. I was going for imagery on this so that we could really strongly establish the supernatural. Because in a later scene, when Thaddeus Cole, the main character and the surgeon removes the curse does an open heart surgery and he's like there's something in here and he pulls out like a briar branch out of his chest Ooh. something weird and kind of symbolic yeah so okay. yeah oh man we could do the arc encounter oh man <laughs> I, I do like the idea of the arc encounter being the scene of a supernatural showdown later <laughs> all right yeah uh since I mean, we could do, we could also do, I can never spell Cincinnati correctly. Cincinnati. Uh, thanks. Got it. Um, Cincinnati landmarks or newspaper article, not newspaper articles, but they have like maybe Hidalgo's um, in publicity photo of Hidalgo. There's, um, I don't know what this building is, but it's like this big, oh, it's a museum center. Um, let me see if I can pull an image up real quick. Because now we're sharing screens. There you go. Oh. Yeah. Show it like that. We have that set and Cincinnati Museum Center. There we go. Sure. We got Cincinnati justified right there. We show the river. They have little river boats with like the water wheels on them. They do river tours, that sort of thing. Cheers. Yeah. We... What's that? Oh, nothing. I was just. Uh... Oh, just talking. Yeah. <laughs> so I figure this is this is the opening scene. We show that he's in bad health. Um. Maybe he's got like a crystal on his desk or something. You know, we do something kind of magical in his in his office, but not too overt. Yeah, right next to yeah. Pete Rose autographed baseball. Sure. Right Cincinnati Reds. From, oh, I thought that was from Guns N' Roses. Oh, I don't I don't think so. No, I'm I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> um so I mean that's kind of it. Do you, is there any sort of uh, dialogue? I know dialogue you might expect to see in this, or well, okay, can so it just be kind of like? Well, my my question is what what is the nurse doing in this scene? Well, we've set the nurse up, Renee, to be mm -hmm. kind of like being trained to do all their uh, supernatural surgeries and stuff, but this curse is beyond her. Right. So I figure. Is she checking? Story, is she checking on Hidalgo then? 
she's either checking on him or he called her in and being like, hey, you're not up to this, so we're going to bring someone else in. So maybe she's fuming or something. Yeah. And then how does Hidalgo find the information about the person that can do it? I don't know if we need to. Okay. He has a a dowsing. He has a a diviner. Like someone on his staff is like a diviner. Okay. They they, they have, uh, maybe they got snakes. You know, they read the entrails. We have that scene where they lay a snake out and then they go. Sure. I thought it'd be like a cell phone call, but yeah, gutting <laughs> snakes is way better. If it's magic, I, I figure we go crazy on it. Yeah. All right. Sure. All of, so all of my paid work that I'm writing right now is literally for children. So I kind of want to get some of the weird imagery out yeah, here because I'm not allowed just, to do that. <laughs> yeah. Let's just gut some snakes with some goat's horns. Yeah, sure. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll make a reference to that later. Maybe when, um, when Cole is in their complex and he's being shown all their magic stuff, they have a lab and it's got like a, they have like a massive terrarium just full of snakes. He's like, he's like, what are the snakes for? And it's like, they tell us stuff. What? Like they talk to you. Not yeah. quite. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down in a later scene. Yeah, um, like I do like that. No, no, you should. It's a good scene. Okay. So over to scene two, uh, surgeon is in a hospital on his way to a difficult surgery. It's someone who's missing a limb. He thanks everybody for being there and gets started. Afterwards, they're all exhausted, but the surgery was a success. He delivers the good news to the person's waiting family, and we get that he works to save everybody. Okay. This is the establishing moment for the character, and it's where the theme of the movie is stated. So at some point during this scene, Cole says that his job and his goal and the reason he got into medicine is to help people. That's the theme of the movie. That is the thesis statement. So this this is the scene uh, in most movies where you have the waiting room and you have like a nurse who's with the family and the nurse says something like, "Don't worry, you got the best doctor there is on this coast." And or, then doc- yeah, and then a doctor comes in and it's like, honestly, not that hard. Got it all taken <laughs> care of. No big deal. Yeah, something. Yeah, something along those lines. If we yeah. want him to have a good bedside manner, he can just be like. We went in, we did what we'll, we'll, you know, whenever we'll get some, we'll do some research on what actual surgery terms are when we write this, but he's effectively going to be like, I did X, Y, and Z. And he responded ABC. The surgery was a success. He, you know, he'll obviously be bedridden, but you can see him in the morning after he's had some rest, like, you know, take gloves off gloves in the biohazard box. Yep. He's like, luckily we Uh, had a last minute five daughter. uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last minute thigh donor. Yeah. We did a thigh transplant. The whole, the whole thigh. <laughs> oh, it's is like it, it's like it's that a, big around. It's a femur transplant. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So Cole tells the patient's family that the patient will make a full recovery. Um, nurse is clearly. Oh yeah. Who do you want to cast as the main character? Who's Thaddeus Cole? Thaddeus Cole is going to be a doctor, and the doctor is in his mid-40s, right? Yeah. It, it is a young gentleman. Hot, young hot shot when it comes to doctors. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I am such a fan of uh, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen. I think that he is a beautiful yeah. man. <laughs> and you, you, That is almost... Every time you talk about him, that is what you mentioned. You mentioned that you're like physically attracted to him. It is true. It. Every time, it. if I watch something, and he's on it. I have to rewind it quickly because I did not hear what he said. I just look at him. I'm like, hmm, all right. That oh, is let it. me that let me see if I can get a picture of him in a surgeon's outfit. <laughs> oh probably, shoot! No, I every time I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil Watchmen because I think there are people in the uh, chat who haven't finished it yet. What? If that's a shot at Red Flanagan, watch that show. There he is. Yeah, Thaddeus Cole. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, what a good-looking dude. Uh, uh, my shoulder devil is suggesting you and McGregor and Nick Offerman for a doctor. Uh, I like I, Nick Offerman as Hidalgo. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Make him, bur- make him burly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And then uh, we have Renee, who is uh, – did we just – Femme fatale. Okay, cool. So we have. Yeah, you should check out Watchmen. Anyone who hasn't watched the Watchmen series on HBO, it's some good television. Yeah, it is. It is beyond good. It's better. And than it's it relevant. Sh- and it's more relevant today than ever. Yeah. 
Oh, Paul Giamatti's a mob boss. That might be like, a little better. I like Paul Giamatti as a mob boss. And it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Paul, yeah. It's a little less obvious. Yeah, I agree. Well, except for as the rhino, but whatever. <laughs> he was hardly the rhino. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, okay, so, and then Renee is the femme fatale, so we're probably going to yeah. do, uh, who's your current favorite femme fatale? We're at, uh, like a, uh, Oh, who is um did you watch Iron Fist? No. Colleen um Dang, what's her Colleen name? Colleen Wing? I think so, yeah. She's in Iron Fist. She's in uh I think an MCU film as well. Jessica Henwick? I don't know who that is. That's the uh, actor. Oh. The actor's name is Jessica Henwick. Cool. I like her. I also like uh what Margaret Pugh. Um, huh, I like Jessica Henwick. I think right, she'd cool. be, she's a good kind of like sinister surgeon apprentice. Yeah. <clears throat> and then who else do we have here? Uh, we've got Chaz. Chaz gets the demon arm and then the demon blood and then becomes part demon. So Chaz, he, he, he winds up running the crime gang. Yeah, Chaz, and he's a real good dude, right? He's a good kind guy. Of, kind of big. Yeah, right? like a bigger dude. Bigger. Yeah. Bigger, good dude, like Brendan Fraser, but younger. I pictured him as younger. Yeah. yeah. Our friend Chris Harvey is going to. Never mind. Whoa, 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 nope, whoa. I can't reveal that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, oh, Ruby Rose. That'd be pretty good, too. Zoe Kravitz oh, yeah. is very good. Yeah. Margot Robbie's great and everything. Um, no. Margot Robbie can be uh, uh, his his wife. Or, I mean, <laughs> or Zoe Kravitz. She's a great actor. Either or. Uh, no. Yeah. Okay. So, Chaz. So, we need a, a larger. Uh, youngish. Yeah, youngish. Yeah. Um, Let's see what what's current right now. What are we watching? What What about like Sebastian Stan? Sure, he's I got like a Sebastian good Stan. He's got a great look from the craft. <laughs> Classic craft, Sebastian Stan. <laughs> yeah. Was he Cra- in? The, was it the craft that he was in? He was in one of those like magic, sexy magic teenager movies. You know I what mean, I mean? The craft is the sexiest magicest teenage movie there is. So I... the Covenant is the one. <laughs> the, the, uh, other, <laughs> the other one. <laughs> Oh, the covenant. Oh, that's got your dude in it from the expanse, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, is Sebastian Stan too handsome? No, you don't think so? No, you don't think. Hold on, wait, are you gonna show me a picture of Sebastian Stan? Yeah, but it's a tiny one, that's too tiny. Hold on, <laughs> why is that? This <laughs> it's that's a really small picture. Hold on, yeah, I know. Wait, too handsome for what to be a crime and inf- to be a crime enforcer. All I guess right. they do. They do kind of dirty him up in Civil War. Yeah, he's filthy. If he has like a little bit of long hair, yeah. Je- Jess Camacho, who's that? Jess Camacho. Yeah, I'm down with that. Jessica Camacho. She's Santana in something. What? She has. She, she's in the Flash as a character with a problematic name that's a slur for the Romani. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> oh DC, you, uh, man, I get it. We're American, but like, no, just oh. up- okay. Yeah, I I definitely don't want any Army Hammer vibes Ooh, ever. Yeah. And I I didn't say it, but I was thinking like we should not get a Hemsworth. No. Uh, but definitely nothing. What about, um, uh, Josh Hartnett? Oh, what's he up Jesse? to? These? That's not what. Oh, oh, this guy, Jesse. Cam- wow. That's weird. It pulled up Jessica, Jessica Camacho from the flash. Yeah. Oh, this guy. Ah. Uh, oh my. Yeah. If he, okay. I could, I can see it. What are you seeing? He could buff, he he would need to buff up a little bit, but this isn't bad. Oh, what did I just click? Create QR code. What are you doing? There we it is. Sh- oh, oh no, cool. we're doing a show. <laughs> yeah, and then as he gets more demonic, he gets like a little like <laughs> built, just because yeah. like demon blood, you know, turns you yeah. into a monster. Love it. Yeah, cool. Uh, cool. So also, that's who we're. By the way, Lock and Key is phenomenal. <laughs> Haven't watched it yet. You really should check that out. It's very right. very cool. Season two got a. Wait, you know him? 
Oh, Jason Taylor can get us connections. Let's get him on. Let's get him on the show. Let's get him on the Sunday show. Yeah, I would love that. Jason will be in touch. Jason, we <laughs> will be in touch. Uh, yeah, I'm still upset that uh, how that ended up going. <laughs> Remake Revolution. Uh, oh yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, we also competed uh, in Remake Revolution. We put in a lot I'm of not work. Gonna, I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Watch it. Watch it and find out how we did. <laughs> You're going to be so embarrassed when that D&D pitch becomes a best-selling fantasy novel. Yeah, punks. <laughs> um, gonna have, for the acknowledgement at the beginning is going to be for Mr. Dan and Jason Taylor. And then I'm going to be like, no, nah, I, I shouldn't do that. That's but, petty. But we're going anyway. to anyway because we are petty. At least me. Uh, okay, so what, what are we working out on this so scene? So we're on what- scene, scene three. Because I figured, okay. you know, the, the hospital scene's pretty easy. He comes out, right. he tells the family they're going to be fine. He's like, hey. And then and he leaves to go, he gets called into a different surgery or something. And the nurse is like, he was he was always on, he was in the best of hands. Nice. All right, scene three. Oh. Uh, surgeon is out to his family. He's watching his son playing a sandbox, discussing the ethics of work, uh, work in healthcare with his wife. When he gets a text saying he needs for an emergency surgery. Uh, despite it being his day off, he says goodbye to his wife and son and leaves. His wife supports him, but wishes he was around more for their son's sake. Yeah, because he's got a family. He's doing his job and he loves them, but he's also a, an important surgeon. And when he can't see them later, when he's in the gang, like headquarters, this is going to hit harder because he's like, I should have taken the time when I had it. These hands. These powerful hands. These powerful hands. <laughs> <laughs> I have special save. hands. <laughs> they couldn't save the man on the bat. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. never next story. Whatever. Uh, okay. So what are we learning with this scene here? Uh, so this is showing his relationship to his family. We've seen him at work, and now we see that he has troubles juggling the priorities of his job and his family. So is this is does he have to be out, or is this something where he is at home and it's like a birthday party thing, and he like just gets there a little bit late, and his pager's going off? And it they could go, be. Do we want yeah. him to be the guy kind of dad who doesn't go to his son's birthday party because of work? <sighs> We could, well, it just feels played out. Yeah, and also, no, I don't like that. Yeah, um, it, I figured something like they're just at dinner and he gets called into an emergen- important emergency surgery. Yeah, maybe it's like his party. <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, on his birthday. He's yeah, at his like own birthday party. Yeah. When he's called away to important emergency surgery. Yeah, cool. from, from an unknown number. No, I figured this is a legitimate one. And then he gets kidnapped when he leaves. So that way it's oh, the middle okay, cool. of the night. That way he's like ambushed in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we have a uh, family scene. <laughs> no big deal. Okay. Now we're on to scene four, right? Yes. All right. Scene four. Uh, Cole wraps surgery and is leaving the hospital because he's having an early breakfast with his family in the parking garage. He's surrounded by some uh, rough people who offer him cash to come up with him. He refuses. So they knock him out. Yeah. So. I figure at this point, if he's if he's at his own party, he's like, I have to, you know, they they offer him some opportunity for private surgery, and he's like, that's crazy, that's not how any of this works. If you need yeah. surgery, go to a hospital, and then he's like, my family is, jeez, misses it. He misses a kid's party, but he gets a perfect gift in advance, and is waiting for his kid. Like, I like the idea that they get him a present, and they're like. Yeah. His son got him a present. And he's and they're like, his the mom is like, well, you can give it to him when he's back. We're having breakfast because he missed his party. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, his kid got him a great gift, but they'll have to give it to him when he gets back. Sad yeah. face. Um, and well, then do, do we need a do we need like a gang? Yeah. I mean, this is this is all the. I don't think Chaz is here when he's actually kidnapped, but right. this is the gang kidnapping him. All right. Now, does the gang have a look? Or are they just some peeps? I figure they're just some peeps. There might be some unified um, appearance of some sort, but for the most part, it's just these are upstarts. They're new to it, <laughs> so yeah, uh, new gang, but they have <laughs> uniforms for some reason. I mean, they're they're trying. They've got you know. Maybe at this point they're just trying to be unobtrusive, so they're wearing street clothes. 
Yep. All right, cool. So this scene is just whatever except for characters, right? Uh, all so, we really need is that they 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 do ask. They're like, hey, we have the surgery. They do ask. And he's do like, they, no. Do they knock him out physically or do they have some sort of magical method of knocking him out? Like he starts getting woozy or something. And then you see the guy in the back doing like, he's got something like magical in his hands. Or do they just hit him in the back of the head? Either that, or like they have like a crystal that they like break and then like throw the dust in his face, you know, like just not like a bone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they break a bone. Yeah. They break a bone and toss the dust in his face, which KOs him. Cause I just yeah. don't want to start a new line. We hate cool. new lines. Okay. <laughs> I just scene... don't like widows or orphans. Yeah. <laughs> Except their, their clubs. Um, okay. Cole wakes up in a small room. He doesn't know when. Or where he is, eventually a gangster named Chaz comes to get him and takes him to a makeshift operating room. An impressive looking man is there who introduces himself as Mr. Hidalgo and that he needs emergency surgery. A spooky lady is there who will be his nurse. The crime boss goes under Renee. Uh, oh, sorry. Crime boss goes under and Renee explains they're extracting a curse, which confuses Cole. He considers letting Hidalgo die on the table after recognizing him, but instead goes through with it. Cole removes a long thorn branch from inside Hidalgo's chest. He thinks he sees it move, but then they shut it in an iron branded box and take it away. Cole is back. is taken back to his cell. So, Red, I just want to do a brief aside. You're getting a little ahead of me because we do have plans to show the progression of time. I like the use of flowers, actually. Yeah. Um, I think this takes place over a longer span of time than flowers would reasonably like last. Unless she is like so heartbroken she keeps them on the table, which is kind of touching, I think. Uh, it could be like a bonsai tree, and then we could show it like growing and getting cooler and bigger. Yeah. Let's see. Give me just a second, because I have, I do have a scene later on where Chaz and Cole have a bonding moment, and Chaz is like, hey, I'm not supposed to do this, but if you want to go see your house and your wife, I'll drive you past. So they drive past, and he sees his wife sat at the table. What's this? Hello, initial Dylan. Oh, well, well, well. You're watching Twitching Upstream. His name is Zach. My name is Dylan. We are creatives, and this is us going through a story and developing it into something that eventually we're hoping to produce and sell. Right now we are making a story up about a man. He's a surgeon who gets kidnapped by a cult of wizards in Cincinnati, Ohio, and is made to perform all sorts of supernatural surgeries on the enforcers there. Hell this is yeah. our attempt to expand our scene breakdown so that we have some really specific imagery to go along with what we've written so far. Yep. I love that. Uh, yeah. We are, we are back up like scene Five. We are a little further up, um, but I'm going to show the flowers oh, right, right, right. to show progression of time. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know, us Dylan's, especially with how many ways we spell this name, man, we got to, you know, we got to show up for each other. Real recognize yeah. real, right? <laughs> hey, thanks. Yeah, right on. I appreciate them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and you can check out a longer form of this show every Sunday yep. on YouTube. Um, cool. Okay, so where so are we they at? Do the, they do the surgery. We're on scene five. Yeah. They do the surgery. Um, is there any sort of specific appearance elements or dialogue lines or little beats? We are running short on time. Yeah, true. Uh, so Shortish. We we need so if cold if cole is not a magician surgeon a magic surgeon we would need to have somebody there that can uh like maybe uh do the incision just the magical incision right renee renee is there to be like guided like mentor slash and assistant yeah but it's like too close to the heart so she can't do it she does a lot of magical exposition yeah. And she doesn't seem happy to be in an explanatory role. Yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, Cole, like the doctor, takes over, just grabs the <laughs> thing, pulls it right out. And as he's looking at it, somebody, like I guess Renee just comes over and just slams it shut into that lead box. Yeah. And uh, he, Cole, has no idea. And uh, immediately Hidalgo is back. He's feeling better. And they usher Cole away to his cell. Wait, why? Yeah. Uh, because the surgery's over. So, so in, 
in the next scene, Hidalgo calls him to dinner and explain. We get a big exp- exposition scene. Nice, cool. Okay, um, is there anything else we need to go over in scene five? No, I think scene five is good. Oh, hey, yeah, Boulder, Colorado, the very one. Yeah, I live. We live in uh, Boulder County. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every day. Every day. Most days. I'm going to be living in Michigan for like a week yeah. coming up. And it, dude, it snowed its butt off yesterday. It snowed a lot. Wow, it snowed so hard yesterday, but whatever. Uh, okay, so scene six. Uh, later, Cole is invited to dinner with Hidalgo. The, the bondage crime boss thanks him for saving his life. Oh, bandage. Sorry, bandage. <laughs> his life and his soul. And says that he works for the gang now. Cole demands to be let go, but Hidalgo shows that they faked his death. Then he demands that the gang makes payment to his to his family as a wage. Hidalgo hems and hauls, but agrees with the condition that Cole teach Renee what he knows. Cole is confused and Hidalgo explains they're an occult street gang using magic to come up with Cincinnati. Uh, Cole doesn't quite believe him, but whatever. So this is a scene where we as the audience and Cole as the window character learn that um, the supernatural is real. And they need someone who can do surgeries with the supernatural elements. And it's an example for Cole to kind of like get his control and agency back a little bit where Hidalgo's like, I need you to do this, 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 teach this person that you're going to be on retainer. And Cole goes, you are, you have kidnapped me. Yeah. Take me back. And he's like, no. And Cole's like, I didn't expect you to say yes. If you want me to do this, you pay my family for what you've put them through. And we immediately see that he cares about his family. Mm-hmm. He is willing to go along with this because he's a pragmatist and because he's helping people, you know, because mm-hmm. Hidalgo's going to pitch it. It's like, you'll be helping people survive stuff like that. And we see that Cole is quick on his feet. We see that yeah. he's able to bargain and he's able to kind of like come onto his own, despite the fact that he's in very unfamiliar waters. Yeah. And we probably have that scene in there where uh, Hidalgo's like, name your price and cole's like no and he's like seriously name your price and cole just writes a crazy number down and hidalgo says done yeah yeah oh all right and that i mean that scene's pretty much there right that scene's pretty much there um and i think we are running low on time to the point where we should probably take a break okay cool uh everybody uh, thank you very much for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoy this process of taking a project and breaking it all the way down into scenes, into we're beats. trying, we're trying something new here for this, yeah. for the Tuesday show. I think Sunday is going to be generation. Tuesday is going to be refinement. Right. And like Dylan said earlier, what we're trying to do. Hey, thank you very much, Mr. Initial Dylan. Uh, you will have a good one also. And, you too. uh, yeah, uh, enjoy. Your Hopefully we'll see you around. Yeah, enjoy your trip back to Colorado sometime. Um, but yeah, so what we're trying to do is get to a point where we can have a like a live script reading uh, with something that Dylan produces. Dylan is a writer. He writes great scripts. And we're trying to figure out a different way of just showing people the things that we do. Uh, yeah, right on, Dylan. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so that's what we're turning this show into. So like Dylan said, uh, Sunday is the creation show. Tuesday is going to be the refinement down to uh, scripting and then reading with some of our friends, some of our actors and stuff. But either way, thank you guys very much for hanging in there and watching. Uh, thank you to Initial Dylan for being a new friend. We do appreciate it. Uh, thank you to Red Flanagan, obviously, and always for phenomenal suggestions. Mr. Jason Taylor, anybody else there, we appreciate it. We are some nobodies. I'm Zach. This is Dylan. Uh, our website's right down there some nobodies.com where you can see all the weird stuff that we're doing uh we do weird uh improv slash written podcast called silicon angels and podcast podcast uh you can find me and dylan and some other really funny people on our movie review show called the real boys on mondays uh you can see all of our weird stuff we do constantly over at uh some nobodies mr dylan peace out bro yeah, thank you keep keep an eye out for cyop appeal our create yep. your own pod venture uh, yeah. at some point in the following weeks, it's getting put together. We're trying to drop all episodes on one day. So it's a lot of upfront work, but I think the uh, payoff is going to be worth it. So keep an eye out. We'll definitely announce when that comes out. Yep. And, um, Hey, take it easy out there, everybody. Yeah, it's, a weird, it's a weird world, but you know, you got people around you. Hopefully. Yeah. Later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Thank you.